Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Won't you share? With a friend or two, good morning, good morning to you, you, good morning, good morning, good morning to you, you, Good morning, good morning to you, and many more. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Get Free Friday. I am your host, Shante Charles. I hope that you're having a great and wonderful day. I hope that all is right and well within your world. I hope that you are receiving the love that you so graciously deserve. And I hope that everything is going well. Good morning, uh, Bibliophile Tate. <clears throat> good morning, good morning, good morning. So, yeah, I mean, we know it's blackity black history over here. And all month long, I will be wearing some of my uh, sweats and some of my printed tees just in celebration of the month. I've got way more than 30 because <laughs> uh, I try to wear something every day. I love printed tees. I try to wear something every day to make people think and to encourage people when I'm out in the public space. Um, but I want to touch on two things before we go into our reading today. One of them is the jobs market reports that are coming out. And I want people to pay attention because the first report that came out said that there was a high volume of jobs being um, released. And there still are more coming that have to do with jobs in the tech industries, jobs in finances, and then, of course, jobs in like design areas and marketing fields. And a lot of that is because of AI. A lot of companies are, as we warned, <clears throat> laying off people to go with AI. AI, which is still untried, very much so untried. AI, which is still um, biased, especially against people of color. So I see that as a marker of companies not caring about actual people of color and choosing to go with artificial sim uh, uh, systems that are going to continue to bias things against people of color. So these are not very good signs as to what's happening in the job market. Then today, this morning, another report was released that, oh, you know, the job market is adding twice as many jobs as um, was predicted for January. I think they said it was estimated like 176,000 jobs would be added this 
um, past month, but it was 325,000, I believe. Well, they're not reporting on what kinds of jobs were added and they're not reporting on the wage of those jobs, which again is not a good sign <laughs> because if you are dropping everybody from high earning positions and you're adding all of these new low paying, low wage positions, that is actually not good for the citizens. That's not good for the people. So what you're in essence doing is trying to pull a sleight of hand by saying, hey, we may have lost these jobs here, but we're adding so many more over here. And then you go and look at what the job opportunities are and you realize people are not going to be able to survive off of the jobs that they're adding. Um, so what they're trying to do is they're really trying to course correct because they claim that they overhired right after the pandemic. And so now they're trying to course correct because there's too many people that are starting their own businesses. There's too many people in high wage or high earning jobs. And we got to course correct that because, I mean, where, where would this country be if we didn't have a underclass? Where would this country be if we didn't have a low wage labor class? And they want to get back to that. They, they, they really do. They want to get back to people needing direly low wage jobs. So just be aware of that, okay? Um, that there's a little bit of sleight of hand going on with these numbers and America is very good at deceptive sleight of hand when it comes to over inflating how well the country is doing. So pay attention and if you can start a business, start your own business. And if you don't have to work four jobs in order to piece together a salary, get your rest, do what you can, pay your bills, of course, but do not allow this system to pull you back into predatory capitalism and the slavery that goes along with it. All right. Second thing I want to talk about, I had an incident yesterday and you'll see it on my personal page and on black table talk if you go uh, look at either of those pages um i had an incident yesterday where i pulled up to a chick-fil-a and i was going to get a salad there now when i got out i saw this big sign because i usually kind of go to this one on the regular i saw this big sign outside that said etiquette policy and I said, oh, here we go. So I go over to the sign. I took a picture of it. And I noticed that there is a high school directly across from this Chick-fil-A. But this high school is predominantly black. It's predominantly black students. And I don't have a problem with youth policies or public, you know, how you should behave in public policies per se. The problem to me comes when those policies are only directed towards the majority of black children, because that's what I saw. When I got out, there were children on the patio, there were children inside, and, the, and predominantly they are black. Now this sign just was put up there yesterday. I go there frequently enough to know that as students are getting out of school, they're coming over there to 
either get lunch or sit in the patio area sometimes and wait for their parents to pick them up. Or sometimes because of the congestion of the area, the parents are already sitting in that parking lot waiting for their children to cross the street to get into their car and to drive off. So I don't have a problem with those kind of policies, but I do notice that those policies often come out and show up when it's predominantly black children. If you're doing this all the time when there are just lots of children around, that's different. But these policies and these little boards about what kids or what people shouldn't do, but you can tell all the policies are geared towards children, namely black children, um, they're problematic. They really are. They are a form of black code. It's black code 2024. And um, as I was reading the policy, some of the things about the policy said, um, you do not um, speak with obscene language. Now, depending on who's judging obscene, that can be a that can be a lot of different things. It's also a violation of people's First Amendment rights to say that they can't be in public and speak a certain way. But it's on that sign. Um, the other thing that I saw on that sign was you're not allowed to play music without headphones in. I'm like, um, yeah, you can't make those kind of policies. As I began to read further down, it began to talk about you could be subject to prosecution. I said, and that is where we should be drawing the line. Because this is how, um, especially with a sign like that, this is how children get pulled into law enforcement contact and early contact with um, police officers over simple things like someone said something I didn't like and so I called the police or I saw this child outside at a table playing music off their phone and I didn't like the music and so I called the police um, this is those kind of policies are the policies that got the young boy unalived in Jacksonville at the gas station because somebody got out of their car, didn't like the music they heard, and unalived that black teenager because of the music that they were listening to. That's how we get to those outcomes, by those kind of policies. And so I wrote a message to the general manager of that location and I told them, listen, this is black codes. This is unacceptable. I will not be going to your franchise. I'm going to find another franchise to go to because this is unacceptable. And I can tell you didn't have a community conversation because this is a pretty mixed community. So this sign that's threatening prosecution of children for things like not having language that you approve of or blocking a sidewalk. It's overboard. It's overboard. It's overboard. And it also reminds me of the policies of stop and frisk. Because if you're putting this sign up, you're almost putting it as a sort of a visual warning that if you're on this property, someone, a security guard, an officer can come up to you and say, well, because of this board, 
I have a right to do certain things to you. Now, mind you, um, if there is a child there and their parent is not there, now you are adding a, a whole other element of trying to address very simple things that have to do with childlike behavior and children that is normal and natural things that children do. Now you are criminalizing those behaviors. Is one thing when you say this is a policy, this is how we would like you to behave in our space. It's another thing when you say, oh, you're going to be removed from the property and you can be subject to prosecution. That's a very different language. And any of my attorney friends, let me know um, what the limitations on that might be. I would be interested in knowing. I do think that that is going a bit far for things like someone is playing music and they didn't have headphones while they were playing music. I think that's ludicrous and outrageous. Um, but that's my take on it. So those are two things I want to um, talk about a little bit before we got into the reading. I do have a Black History trivia card today. And let's see who we are going to come on out and share with you today. <clears throat> All right, Black History Trivia. And once you figure out the answer, you can put your answer down in the comments. Who was the first open heart surgeon in the United States? A, Daniel Hale Williams. B, Dorothy Lavinia Brown. C, Alexander Thomas Augusta or D, Regina Benjamin, who was the first open heart surgeon in the United States. I'll let that simmer for a little bit as we hop into Rest is Resistance, a manifesto by Dr. Tricia Hersey. We are hopping into part three of this book, and part three is entitled Resist. When the human body is the locus of domination, it can also be the focus of resistance. Dr. Carol Newsom, Apocalyptic Imagination, Class Lecture, Emory University, 2016. It is only when people live in an environment in which they are not required to exert supreme effort into just keeping alive that they seem to be able to select ends besides those of mere physical survival. Howard Thurman. Why we resist. The idea of resistance is central to the message of rest and to our life as human beings. I talk a lot about the ways in which the brainwashing and socialization of grind culture begins when we are born and sometimes even before in the case of the birth of my son. We are always resisting in invisible and blatant ways. Our soul has very likely already been resisting the ways in which grind culture abuses and pushes us while degrading our divinity. I believe we resist because our souls are calling us to see differently. Our souls are our center, an invisible, clear, quiet force that is required for living. It knows the way, just like rest. So when we are not caring for our souls or even acknowledging that we have one, we are not able to possess the inner knowing we are born with. Rest is soul care because rest deliberately pays close attention to the deepest parts of you. Rest places soul care at the center of our wellness and liberation. 
None of us will get free without resisting toxic systems that blind us to the truth of who and what we are. We should be curious about our souls and the ways rest can comfort, heal, and uncover what grind culture has never allowed us to feel. Our bodies have information to share with us. Our souls are foundational to us, our resistance journey toward rest. The soul, while being foundational to how we navigate life, has also been a mystery to theologians and religious leaders throughout history. Many have claimed that the soul is the center of who we are and the most beautiful and powerful part of your body. What is your soul saying? Is your soul already resisting the terror of grind culture quietly and unconsciously? Is the idea of rest as a form of resistance appealing to you because it touches you in a way that is beyond comprehension? Have you had moments of observing the pace of your life and it didn't feel true to your soul? I believe our souls are saying to us that it is a travesty to not rest and without the care that rest provides, our souls will die. This is why we resist outwardly and inwardly. Why we must resist and listen to the faint sound of our souls guiding us to see our world more rested and more human. Detective of my own soul, lover of the unknown, believer in spirit. I don't find them scary. Always resisting because our souls are deep. The veil is thin. Rest a veil buster, I ask my soul. Give me sight to see what is really happening. Give me my internal eye, a heart's eye. There is always more to the story. There is always more to the lie, depending on who is doing the telling. I'm concerned with the harsh realities, our brutal orientation toward forgetting. We are born to rest. We are born to resist. The unknown stories, the pieces left out, the care of souls, reclaiming our divine right to rest. The resistance part of our rest is resistance framework is what drives this work toward a political and social justice movement. It exists in the long-standing black liberation tradition of a politics of refru refusal, maroonage, and outlier connection. When I think of resistance, I envision all the small and large ways my ancestors and family remixed and reimagined their lives in a toxic anti-black world. The way they went deep into the cracks to create spaces of joy and freedom. Tricksters using their own intelligence, intellect, and creativity to make a way out of no way. To make a way that was and is disinterested in the ways of this world. So the crafting of a new way became a daily ritual. As I've said, this is about more than naps. It is about a deep journey toward decolonizing and returning to our natural state before the terror and the lies were given to us. To resist means to soften into the powerful proposal of thriving right now, of not waiting for permission from a toxic culture that blocks justice and moves from a spiritually deficient place. The idea of rest as resistance has always resided in me, but I deepen into it the more I spend time listening to my soul while deeply daydreaming about the Underground Railroad and being inspired by the Maroons of North America. Harriet Tubman is one of many muses for this work, an enslaved woman focused on the choice of freedom or death, her inner knowing that life was on the other side of the trauma 
of being enslaved. Mm -mm -mm. Harriet Tubman crafted space to listen, to strategize, and to pray while guiding people on the Underground Railroad. She stopped to listen to nature, to track the sounds of owls, and she was deeply in tune with the stars and her spiritual world. I like to envision that she was never caught by police while on her freedom journey because she paused, listened, and prayed. Her subversive and deep refusal to be in bondage is the energy I'm holding on to. This energy of refusal and maroonage grounds my personal experimentation with the rest as resistance and is a North Star for this ministry. Resistance is a rich spiritual posture. It opens the possibility for reinvention and connection. To know that we are divine and cared for can allow us to refuse the lies of an oppressive system. To declare two systems, no, you can't have me. My body belongs to me. I will never donate my body to grind culture. I will rest. Is a bold political statement against the system that has used bodies as a tool for oppression for centuries. Our focus is to lay down because it is our divine right to do so, not because it will prepare us to be more productive. Our rest movement is not focused on productivity. It is instead a political and social justice movement rooted in our collective rest. We must resist together. We must liberate together. We must rest together. We are going up against such violent systems in our attempt to disrupt and push back against white supremacy, capitalism, ableism, patriarchy, classism, anti-blackness, etc. Any system that degrades and ignores our divine right to have care, rest, leisure, and space must be examined and illuminated. The time is up for any shallow wellness work that does not speak about dismantling the systems that are making us unwell. We must blame and interrogate the systems because they are the problem. A hidden history that is not well known by most in our culture is the story of the American Maroons. This history has been foundational to my understanding of resistance when I began connecting the dots between rest and liberation. The Maroons were black people navigating the terror of shadow slavery by refusing to be a part of it. For close to two centuries, they leapt off slave ships as they pulled up to the shores of North America, never to be seen again. They organized and left plantations for the caves and the deep woods of the South. They created their own communities outside of the slavery, sometimes even in the marshes and they were not fugitives, and instead living in a third space, a temporary place of joy and freedom. They liberated themselves and each other in community, existing in two worlds, being in the world of shadow slavery, but not of it. They claimed their autonomy and sovereignty while the violent system of the plantation labor raged on around them. They told the system, no, you cannot have me. I don't belong to you, and they embodied this call intensely. I first learned about the American Maroons in 2014 while attending a week-long training in New Orleans for organizers focused on Black land liberation. The fact that I was in my 40s, a lifelong scholar of American history, 
and in graduate school studying black liberation and had not yet heard of this powerful history before this training must not be overlooked. There are so many stories that have been hidden, erased, and lost, which is why it is important for you to tell your story and tell it in more than one format and tell it in more than one setting and write it down and journal it and video blog it and audio tape it and podcast it and put it and spread it as many places as you can. Because there is a war between our stories getting told and our stories getting erased. There are so many stories that have been hidden, erased, and lost. Americans know very little about their own history and even less about world history. We are moving through life exhausted, disconnected, and out of touch from who we are, where we come from, and the implications of this today. Truly knowing the extreme details of history has the potential to open up a large well of possibilities, motivation, blueprints, guidance, and inspiration. When I say I've tapped into the idea of reimagining rest while in a capitalist system, it is because I am, spy, am, spy, I am inspired excuse me, by the power of the American Maroons. If there is required reading for this ministry, I would easily say it's the book Slavery's Exiles, The Story of the American Maroons by Sylviane Dioff, D-I-O-U-F. And of course, you know I'm going to add this to my list of books to get this year. This book is an intensive resource for the ways of resistance. The way Maroons organized themselves to survive and thrive is breathtaking. The way they created a whole world within an oppressive one to test out their freedom and regain autonomy reminds me of the spiritual and metaphysical ways we must reimagine and shapeshift our way to intentional rest. It took months for me to begin to wrap my mind around what the Maroons were creating and crafting. They were not runaways, and instead, they simply never accepted the role of enslavement. They never allowed the plantation to be home. It directly relates to the ways in which I began viewing myself as I continually unravel from grind culture. If we are to find rest right now, while capitalism rages on as a global force, we will have to view ourselves from a different lens. Things will be different. We must act different. We will make choices differently. We will have the opportunity to resist differently and to imagine alternative ways of resting. We must make space for others to rest, remaining committed to what is true. Despite the terror of grind culture, we rest. We recline, curate and create moments of rest wherever we can. We must remain committed to reclaiming our divine right to rest and participate in community care. We must spiritually disconnect from the shenanigans of grind culture while physically still living in it. A metaphysical and spiritual refusal must be developed deep within you. Capitalism may not fall in our lifetimes and it is not redeemable. So the work is to begin to reclaim your body and reclaim your time in ways that seem impossible to imagine. We must imagine the time to rest and resist is now. 
We cannot afford to wait for the powers that be to create space for us to have moments of deep rest and care. To be truthfully honest and brutally honest, they're not trying to create those spaces. If we wait, we will forever be caught up in the daily grind. To resist now means we will have to decide on rest as a reimagined way of life. Like the Maroons of the American South, my rest practice begins with the mental, emotional, and spiritual gifts I discovered being stolen from me via grind culture. I inched closer and closer to the edge, and as my exhaustion increased, my spirit started whispering, no more, you must slow down, rest a little. I listened. I want to offer you your deprogramming process that you carefully begin to embrace the space of resisting the lies of dominant culture. It is a holy place. It is a creative, inventive, innovative, expansive, and transformative space. So much is possible here. Instead of letting the fear of the unknown, of what's on the other side of slowing down, begin to see it as a sacred place that is ready to hold and make space for your gifts and inherent talents. Grind culture has placed fear as our only compass and keeps us frozen in a way that is now a habit. To start and continue the process of, re of resting in our toxic and urgent culture, our imagination must be our only compass. It is the glue that will hold you together as you give love to yourself via rest. Imagine a life outside of grind culture right now. You can create it because you are more powerful than you even believe. We are more powerful than we believe. What liberation can you craft outside of grind culture? What information can you exchange with yourself and others to find rest? Are you ready to begin slowly by imagining what it would feel like to have everything you need? Are you curious enough to try rest? That's just a little bit of the beginning of part three. And um, I want to talk about something that I did. Um, what was that? Wednesday night. Wednesday night. I'm prep I am prepping currently for a keynote speaking engagement. And I had a lot of stuff I had to get done. I had meetings. I still have meetings. <laughs> After this, um, meeting with teachers, meeting with a leadership team, organizing, scheduling new clients, all of this stuff going on. And I found myself looking at all my notes that I was taking to put together this keynote. And it felt like I couldn't piece things together. I had bits here, bits there, notes here, things I want to include, but nothing was coming together. And I heard the spirit say, go get your bracelets that were created by handcrafted artists in Africa. Put your bracelets on. I went and got my bracelets. I put my bracelets on. Then I heard the spirit say, go get your drum and begin to play your drum. And out of that playing of my drum, I began to sing a, re a rendition um, an improv rendition of a part of 
Maya Angelou's Still I Rise. I recorded it. I'm going to post it um, after I do my keynote next week. After I did that, I heard the spirit again say, go into your closet and grab your crocheted blanket that was given to you by your great aunts that was knit by your great grandmother. This garment is at least 80 years old. It's probably older than that because my um, great grandmother did it in her younger years and she lived to be 101. Um, and then he said, now wrap yourself up. Spirit said, wrap yourself up in that blanket and go to bed. <laughs> and that's what I did. I wrapped myself up in this blanket and I went to sleep. It's, a, it's like a throw blanket. I kind of use it as a shawl. Wrap yourself up in it and go to sleep. When I got up yesterday morning, I got up a little earlier than usual. I sat at my computer, pulled out all my notes, and finished typing my first draft of my keynote in 90 minutes. I was done. And last night, I um, tweaked it a little bit because I have to um, provide a draft of my speech to the organization that I'm going to be speaking for. And I sent the draft off. They only asked me to make one change. I put it through the um, Microsoft editor and it got a 99% rate for professional editing, which I found to be amazing because it does have some slang and stuff in, in the writing because I, I write the way I speak. I said all that to say, sometimes, as the writer said, we have to go back home into ourselves. We have to go back home into our own heritage. We have to do what our ancestors did. We have to learn from our ancestors' practices. You don't make something like this in a hurry. There's a patience that has to go into making something like this. There is a wisdom that has to go into making something like this. I cannot crochet to save my life. I've tried. <laughs> Crocheting is not my forte. But as I was able to wrap myself up in this and take a, a, a nap and take go to bed, really, I found myself thinking about why did my grandmother, my great-grandmother choose these colors? Of all the colors she could have chosen as an indigenous woman who had been formerly enslaved, who she and my great-grandfather wound up buying most of their property from their enslaver. So the property that's in our family, that's 40 acres 
is the same grounds that my great-grandmother and great-grandfather were enslaved on, that we own it. That's a miracle in and of itself. And then part of his acreage he bought from another indigenous tribe local to the area. So I thought about that. Why would she choose these colors? Why wouldn't she choose these colors? And the spirit said to me very distinctly, because she knew that these colors also belong to us. These are our colors too. No matter how someone tries to make you feel about the red, white, and blue, understand that you have a right to the red, white, and blue. Understand that your ancestors toiled this soil. Understand that your ancestors are a part of the fabric of this nation. And you cannot tear this nation and not tear us out of it. You cannot say this nation is great and not include us in the greatness. And so I want to encourage you today. I didn't fret. I didn't stay in that space of worrying. I just did what the spirit said. He said, lay down and rest. And as I did that, everything that I needed, all of the thoughts that had been forming, all the notes that I had been taking, it gave my brain the opportunity to rest. And as I uh, share with some of my students often and had to be reminded of myself, you have to let the information settle. All of your data gathering, you have to allow your brain to store that information, put it in the proper file cabinets. And then when it's time, be able to bring that information back up for recall, for structure, in my case, for writing. And in order for your brain to be able to do that efficiently, you have to allow your brain to rest. You don't cram. You allow your brain to rest and organize the data in which you have been receiving and intaking so that when you need to recall it, it will come up. So I hope that I've said something today to encourage you. If you want to come on and have a discussion around what I've shared today, or you'd like to share some of your own revelations about rest and resistance, please feel free to click on the camera. If you are listening by Google Play or Spotify or any other streaming site, I want to thank you for your time and attention today. Remember, light is the most daring opposition to darkness, so continue to go out and be light. Don't forget to rest and resist.